Barb Higgins here, welcoming you to A Thousand Tiny Steps. In this podcast, I share my stories of love, loss, triumphs, and tragedy as I continue to trace my steps backward and ponder what led to the death of my daughter, Molly. If you're ready to laugh, cry, shake your head in disbelief, or simply listen, and tie, buckle, slip on, or lace up your shoes, and join me as we begin our A Thousand Tiny Steps. Hey everybody, Barb Higgins here, welcoming you to episode 105 of A Thousand Tiny Steps. I just got back on the day I'm recording this from a quick three-day trip to Florida with Gracie. It was all over social media. It was right around the 20th of August. And a couple of things happened on the trip. And in my life, in all that I've gone through, what I'm starting to realize now is what can seem like a poor decision or a foolish choice actually has a pretty significant outcome further down the line or when you can step away from the emotion and being all wrapped up in it. And this this three-day trip was that for me and for Gracie, I think. But I'm going to talk about me a little bit through Gracie and share a couple of stories. Before COVID hit February of 2020, Kenny and I and Allison Hunger went to New York City and Gracie competed or participated in an all-day-long Disney audition. And it was for performance roles pretty much character lookalikes at Disney. And it was for the the Disney college program. So Gracie, as I may have shared before, made it all the way through. There were like 300 people and she was one of 18 that made it all the way to the end of the day. And she was just on cloud nine, just felt like, you know, this was happening for her and she was arriving. And shortly thereafter, she quickly rushed through her Disney college program application and was denied. And it basically just said, you're not ready to live away from home yet. Your answers indicate you're not ready. And the mistake she made or the mistake at the time she thought was that she just went ahead and answered, I don't know, I'm not sure, neutral on a lot of questions rather than taking the time to really think through how she felt about this or that. And what Disney's looking for is a person who's solid in their thoughts and beliefs and can express them, not what they are, just that they have them. So at the time, Gracie was like, I should have waited. I shouldn't have done this. I should have had help. And our conversation at the time was basically you know, but you were yourself and it said that you're not ready. So even if you had been able to bluff your way through the interview process, you might've gone there and not been ready. So of course this was all moot because two weeks after this wonderful experience, COVID hit and everything shut down and Disney closed and nothing happened for a long time. So Gracie's Disney journey has been up and down since then. She's, she applied for and went to the Disney college program. She was a custodian. She worked in custodial. She picked up trash and she loved it though. She met people. She was living in Orlando at Disney. You know, what a, what a life, you know, living the dream. Those six months that she was there, however, she really was just overwhelmed with work hours. And so she didn't work out super regularly and she didn't dance regularly either. So from January to July, you know, she's basically working 40 to 50 hours a week. Then she comes home. Then she has some personal choices that she makes and she's going through And then for the past year, really from a year ago now, she got back from a cruise. This whole year, she's worked full time. She has not worked out with any regularity. I mean, some regularity, but not her typical regularity. And she really has danced almost not at all. In the time since she's been home, she's had a couple of opportunities at Disney. She had a a lookalike audition. She flew down just before a big hurricane, got back just in time. She made it through a couple of fittings and stylings and interviews there, and then was ultimately not selected. And then this one. So this was a last minute decision about end of July, right around my birthday. She lets me know that she's signed up for a Disney audition 
for August 20th. Of course, that's the weekend that Kenny's away in North Carolina. We had already decided that I wouldn't go because there was no way to deal with Jack at a wedding that's only for adults. And that was fine. And Gracie was supposed to help me. I was working a road race. I had concert tickets with Polly. All of these things were planned. If Gracie were leaving and I were home alone with Jack, none of these things could happen. So as the weeks went by or the days went by after her decision, she sort of said, no, you know what? I won't go. I don't want to do it. I haven't been dancing. I don't want to go. But she did want to go. And so I call it my impulsivity meter. I just said, you know what? Jack and I will go with you. And so I booked a trip. We flew down on Thursday on Spirit. So it's a direct three-hour flight. Still horrifyingly difficult, but fun. Got a rental car. That was quite a challenge. (laughs) Shuttle buses and weird neighborhoods. And we stayed at this amazing resort, which was a blast. And I will go back to that place again and again. Perfect, perfect accommodations. We ended up having a really nice three days. We had some park visits. Jack had a blast. We went swimming. We felt actual hot summer weather. It was wonderful. The audition for Gracie was not. She really, really was hoping that this would be the one that she got picked. And as a coach, if I weren't her mother, there were a lot of things I might've said to her, but I also know that I'm her mom. And really my job as her mom is to be supportive and help her in the process of figuring herself out, not tell her how she should be, not tell her what to do. You know, Gracie is a tender soul to begin with. And with all the trauma in her formative years, sometimes life overwhelms her. So I'm driving around with Jack. We dropped her off at the, at the audition place and I'm driving around while he's napping. And I think I just get this feeling like, you know what? I'm just going to turn around and head back. I'll just park in the parking lot. And right when I pulled in and I looked at my phone and Gracie said, I got cut, come get me. So I said, actually, we're here. We're in the parking lot, come on out. So she didn't cry, but she was obviously upset. And so I still, again, didn't say much. I just have to be careful. <laughs> I, I'm her mom and... Unfortunately for her, I'm also a coach. So it's easy for me to slip into coaching mode. And she lets me know when she's ready for those thoughts. And in those first hours after the audition, she just wanted me to be her mother. So we go back to the hotel. I think we're going to hang out for a while, maybe relax a little bit. No, she wants to get right to the park. So we, we get dressed, we change. You know, Jack wakes up, we go to Hollywood Studios. We had a wonderful time. We had so much fun. And it was just what she needed. Hollywood Studios is where she worked. She ran into a friend of hers, Zach. She's friends with his girlfriend as well. They all worked together. Well, they were all in DCP at the same time. That was nice. We got to sort of walk around. Jack was into everything. So watching Jack explore the park was also fantastic. Great thing about Disney, they have vegan-friendly, gluten-free-friendly, sugar-free-friendly, soy-free-friendly, nut-free-friendly food (laughs) for people with allergies. So I was able to find everything I needed to eat with a little trouble, which is just a shout out for Disney. So as the evening wore along and we talked more, she began to open up a little bit just about how she was feeling. And like anyone that feels that they've just failed, her mind was full of everything that she's done wrong in the past year or the past, you know, her college years. She came to the conclusion that the only reason she even applied to the NHTI was because she wanted to do the DCP and you have to be in college. So she chose early childhood, which was a major that came easily to her. She was a straight A student and she is a natural with kids. So that was a logical choice. It was an associate's degree, just two years. What would have been her junior year of college was her DCP year. She finished up her degree at NHGI and off she went to Disney. So this past year would have been her senior year of college. And so she's now watching a lot of her friends graduate with four-year degrees, but she's also really watching closely a lot of her dance friends. And of course, her dance friends that went to four-year colleges all joined their college dance teams. 
and they danced and they kept competing and kept taking classes and really continued with the dance. Now, Gracie has continued. Her two years at NHTI, she was still part of the comp team at CDA. Even though she was 18 and then 19, Cindy kept her on. She was in a couple of big numbers. She did tap solo. She continued. She did a, a duo with Allison. She really continued the, the dance process. And this paid off for her tenfold in her audition process in New York City in February of 2020. So here we are now, 2023. So, you know, two and a half years later and how Gracie is feeling is that she's failed. You know, like I sucked. Well, she didn't suck. She might not have popped. She might not have had the sharpness that she would have if she were constantly dancing and competing still. So I tried to use analogies with her. Like if I signed up for a race and then didn't train for the race, I might want to do well, but I'm not going to do well because I'm not training for the race. So I may do better than a lot of people. I may still actually run the whole thing without stopping, but my time will definitely be affected by the fact that I'm not training. So we had a lot of good conversations around this. She brought up some of her other friends from dance and how they're just succeeding so much in their dance careers and they continue along and, and they're just as good, if not better than they were when they were competing at CDA and, and she isn't. And, and then every once in a while she'd put in, but you know what? I got to dance today and I love dancing. So I just have to look at this as a win. I sort of let her say all these things. And of course, me being me, I interjected some thoughts, but again, I try very hard to bite my tongue and count to 10 before I talk to Gracie, because I really don't want to be that helicopter mother of my 22 year old daughter around, you know, her future, because it would be easy for me to do so. I worry about her. So, so yesterday, the full day after we went, we went to, to Hollywood studios, came home, we slept, we got up, we packed and everything. And we went to a nice breakfast at the Polynesian. And then we went to Magic Kingdom and we had a wonderful time. Jack was just loving all of it. He was just having so much fun. So our conversations continued and sort of what we came to realize and what we came to together is that, yes, Gracie could just be sad and make a list of all the things that she should have done, but she can't rewrite her past. <laughs> can you see where I'm going here with this? So what, all she can do is change her future, right? All she can do is start today. And so she did. She got on the phone with her childcare boss. She got on the phone with the owner of the dance studio. So Jen and Cindy, and she just shared where she was at. And of course, she received incredible support from these two women who only want for Gracie to be happy and to find her magic and her passion and to follow through on her dreams. And we talked about what would make a logical schedule and how could she work out and where might she work out and what would make sense. And so many things really depend on her dance schedule. I believe as, as the day is going along and, and Gracie is contemplating everything, that what she'll do is really set a goal for herself and look back at all the small daily habits that she needs to change and modify or expand upon to increase the chances of having a successful Disney audition, getting back into the studio. So teaching and dancing herself and maybe rallying some friends her age to put together like a young adult modern class or lyrical class or jazz class or tap class, whatever. CDA offers adult ballet. Gracie's going to take it. There's the old lady tap class. That's what we call it. She's going to take that. Why not? Right. She can also have some of the staff at CDA choreograph solos for her. She could have Allison choreograph a solo for her. She could do a duo with Allison again. There are so many things that she can do dance wise. And so this I think is cooking in her head. So now this dance audition that she feels like we spent all this money for her to have 20 minutes of failing 
wasn't failing at all. It was part of the process. It was like the penicillin discovery of what will hopefully be a career for Gracie at Disney, right? Penicillin was discovered by mistake. A lot of things were pasteurization, like so many discoveries happened because something else was being tried and that failed. And in the failure of that, something amazing happened. You know, would it have been great if Gracie was selected? Of course it would have. <laughs> Talk about being thrown right into the fire of, of the reality of dancing at Disney, but it didn't happen that way. And what it did was it opened Gracie's eyes to the fact that she really does own and control her life and that she can do this. And of course, watching her navigate all of this and contemplate this brought a couple of things in mind for me. So at first, it all felt very familiar. I am famous for having the same list of complaints and having the same list of flaws and having the same list of excuses and having the same goals year after year after year. And nothing changes because I don't change it because I get to a certain point and I fall back into the habits that keep me in the land of suck, so to speak. You know, when you've had a really traumatic life or you've had things happen to you, part of you believes that you don't, you're not worthy and you don't deserve it. I can't get inside of Gracie's head and know how Molly's death affected her and how my relationship with Roy affected her. All of the things that her childhood experiences have done to her and in her and with her. So, but I do know that she doesn't often feel super confident and that she doesn't often feel worthy of things. And, and as a mom, that's hard to watch, but I also know I can't fix it for her. But it got me thinking about me. So one of the first times in my life that I really set a goal and followed through on it was when I wanted to break five minutes in the mile. And that followed a very, very sort of in my mind now logical process. So I had a relationship with somebody I probably shouldn't have been with. I had an unplanned unwanted pregnancy that then resulted in me terminating the pregnancy. I was in my senior year of high school. I had a feeble, please help me attempt to end my life. And I stayed home from school in my bed for two weeks. All of this was in December and January of my senior year of high school. I broke five minutes in the mile about 10 days before I graduated high school. So in that January to June period of time, I went from really not being okay to being on top of the world. How did this happen? Well, a couple of things. My mother jumped right in and took action. And I will be appreciative of that forever. She saw that I wasn't okay. And she did the best she could to provide support and help for me, therapy, counseling, all of that. I tried out for a play. I had done Oliver in the fall. It was my first Concord High School play and I was Mrs. Bumble. And in the spring, they did a, you know, just a straight theater play and it was, parts of it were entered into the theater competition. And so we did a play called Bus Stop and I was cast as Grace, the owner of Grace's Diner. <laughs> Little name coincidence there. And I remember in my audition, I did a whole improv about carrying my professor's baby. And at the end of it all, I said, you know, I don't know when he's going to come take this baby back. It's getting really heavy. And it was like a joke that he had just given me his baby to carry, right? But I was going through all of that pregnancy stuff at that time. Nobody knew. So having the structure of play practice was perfect for me in the deep, dark days of winter. Coach Ludi also wrote me a very specific training plan. He always seemed to know what was going on with me and he knew I wasn't okay. And so he wrote a training plan for me with some pretty high mileage. And I had a school schedule where I was done with my classes at noon. So I had five classes in a row. They were 40 minute classes back then. And then I came home and ate a big lunch, watched some soap operas. And then I went running and then play practice would be in the evening. And I just had this structure to my life 
But I decided that I wanted to break five minutes in the mile. And that the only way I was really going to do that was to follow a very structured life. So I made all these little 1% changes. I went to bed at 10 o'clock every night. I stopped eating a lot of junk food. I stopped drinking. I was a party animal in high school, very alcoholic level drinking. I stopped. I told all of my friends, here's what I have to do. I want to break five minutes in the mile. I missed out on some shenanigans and hooligans with my friends, but it was important to me to do this. I really came this, this close to really ending my life. I had so much pain inside of me and I didn't. And instead what I did was I set a goal. I did all of these things. I made all these life, life choice changes and I achieved my goal. The problem with my mindset in that was I achieved the goal. And then I ran even faster afterwards. I broke five minutes in the mile, then I broke it again. Then I went to nationals and got fourth. And I ran 429, which was like a 449 mile. But in my head, I had achieved the goal. And so now I was just sort of riding, riding the coattails of my success. And then I was off to college. And so I immediately, of course, revert back to Barb. <laughs> Crazy Barb, impulsive Barb. Who's got the alcohol Barb? I'm in college now. I didn't really have another set time like that, really, really that solid for that long, again, ever in my running career. I was all American my sophomore year, but it was during indoor and I partied like an animal all through indoor track. I wouldn't party on weekends. We had meets, but we'd get back from meet on a Saturday or a Sunday and, you know, there'd be a big party and I would drink just like everybody else. I was able to run well, amazingly so, all through my college years. But had I, had I applied myself like I did my senior year, where I, where I made all those small changes in my daily habits, going to bed at 10 o'clock, no matter what, avoiding alcohol, eating well, you know, all of those things. If I, and if I had just done those things, made those little changes, I probably would have run much faster. I didn't. None of those failures, though, were actually failures. I had enough success in my college career that when I finished running and then ran for Nike Boston, I still felt relatively successful. Looking back on it now, I see... <laughs> I see all the ways I could have done so much better. But again, all of these things sort of become fodder for learning for the next step in my journey. The next time in my life that I remember being that focused on anything was when I applied for a sabbatical in the school district. So I had my tumultuous 20s and all my partying and boyfriends and hookups and all of that. I moved back to Concord. I go to AA and I'm sober and so healthy and so doing okay sober. And then I marry Eric and that's sort of a disaster. And so that sends me spiraling into some really unhealthy mental health and other narcissistic type of person. I look back on it now and I'm, I'm sort of mind blown. I then get out of that relationship and out of that marriage. And then I meet Kenny. And of course my Kenny beginnings, we're both married to other people and it's all the drama that goes into falling in love with someone that's taken. And so I, I have a job at Second Start. Then I get a job in the Concord School District. Like I'm sort of muddling through and I'm, I'm successful enough that I feel like I'm doing okay. And I'm running and I'm now I'm coaching and then I'm coaching three seasons a year, three sports. And, you know, then I meet Chaz. Like, you know, so I'm, I'm living, I'm living a good life. I really am living a good life. I have a picture of me on New Year's Eve in one of the years I'm dating Chaz and I'm, I'm drinking my last Diet Coke because I'm giving it up for New Year's Eve. I used to give up soda. And that was a time you know, that was a healthy period of my life. I wasn't drinking alcohol. I gave up some of the sugary stuff. I wanted to run really well again. I never really did succeed in running super well after coming home, you know, and I ended up retiring. And then I meet Kenny, I get married. I have Grace, I have Molly. And I actually thought to myself, oh my gosh, is this it? Like, I never thought I'd 
end up back here with a husband and kids just living this life, you know, and this is all, you know, and now what I wouldn't give to go back and shake myself and say, this is plenty. At any rate, I applied for a sabbatical because I thought it would be fun and I failed miserably. I wasn't prepared. It was sort of like Gracie with her dance competition. She hasn't danced in a year. She's probably not going to get a dance audition. She hasn't danced in a year. She's not going to make it into Disney without preparing, right? So I was a bit humiliated and But instead of just letting it go, I sat down and I really thought about it. I thought out, what do I want to do? And it's a pretty lengthy question and answer. And I went back and reapplied a year later and I was granted my sabbatical and it was about health education for children. And it was social, emotional, physical, right? So you can't do spiritual, you can't really do mental. So I did social health, emotional health, physical health. So diet and exercise, friendships and being a good friend. And how do you feel good inside? How do you make good choices that make you feel good? And how are you a good, you know, citizen or whatever? And that was, again, I I was granted the sabbatical and I did, that was the 08, 09 school year, just before reconnecting with Roy and my life falling apart. I feel like there's no coincidence here. That year, I, I did everything I needed to do. I cut way back on social life. I cut way back on alcohol. I focused on everything I needed to do to get approved for the sabbatical. And then the following year, I had the sabbatical. And I remember just all the classes I taught and I was still coaching, which maybe was a mistake because I I always, I just felt like I was as scattered and busy as ever. And then when my sabbatical was over, I took the rest of the year at halftime pay because I wanted to continue with my groups at Walker School. I didn't want to stop. It was one of those things where where I set myself up for complete success and I succeeded. And that was it. And then my life has been you know, one disastrous mess after another. (laughs) Go back and listen to the April and May episodes. You can hear all those details. So all of these things were coming through my mind as I got listening to Gracie and pondering where she is in her life and where I am in my life, quite honestly. I feel sometimes that we're a bit in a parallel place, that what's easy for us is to just say, oh, forget it, never mind. I don't really know what to do and just muddle on. Gracie isn't unhappy. She loves her job. She loves the people she works with. She loves children. She loves her boyfriend. She, you know, she loves working out. You know, she loves her parents and her brother. Like enough is okay that she could just sort of muddle through this much like I've muddled through so much of my life and not really get anywhere with it. Or she could just say, you know what? No, this is wonderful, but there's more inside of me. And so that's where she is right now. And and in the process of helping her create the more inside of her, I realize that the universe and all the people on my spiritual team that stand in front of me pulling their spiritual hair out because I say the same thing over and over again are standing around me saying, yes, yes, damn it, Barbara. (laughs) Did make all those little 1% changes and do these things. So where am I in my life right now? Well, the Molly B Foundation and the book are the two prevalent things. So how does coaching at three CrossFit gyms and flying off to Florida and spending some free time today, vacuuming a swimming pool and hosing down some shutters for painting. How does that help any of these things? Well, I guess directly it doesn't, but in terms of my mental and physical well-being, after a three-day exhausting trip with my two children, sitting in the sun and feeling the cold water on my legs and cleaning up a bunch of shutters for painting seemed like a perfect idea. It was just what I needed to clear my head for this. One choice I did make today is normally on Tuesdays at 3.30. So it would be right about now. I'm recording at about that time. I was supposed to coach at one of my CrossFit gyms at Battle. And I was messaging with the owner and letting her know everything I was going through and my trip and all. And she said, you know what, why don't you let me coach for you today? And normally I would say, no, 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 because 
you know, I enjoy the coaching, but I knew that that was the right choice. That if, if I didn't have to leave my house today, I wouldn't. And I would get a lot of things done. And a lot of the things I have to get done exist inside my head. And so I said, yes, take the class. I am happy to hand over the class. We have a lot coming up. We're remodeling the kitchen. I'm on the precipice again. And I'm in a place where I can either just do what Barb does, nothing, or I can do what Barb has also done more than once in her life. Really, really take the bull by the horns and make those small daily changes that will ensure that what I say I want happens. You don't put 456 on the wall of your room unless you want to run 456, right? That's what you do. So the one final piece of my life that sort of goes into what's all happening, I'm working with two women right now. There are two women that I know from my, my professional women's group in Amesbury. And both of them are in similar places. They physically don't feel well. They have issues around health that they're working on and they want some guidance and structure. How they approach it couldn't be more different. And there's no right or wrong way. It's just the beauty of humanity and how different we all are. But both of them acknowledge that likely they're their own worst enemy. And when I sit and talk with them, I sat and talked with my one friend, Susan, and we've met two or three times now, and she's very, very good at intuiting what I say and putting it into practice in her life and remembering it as she lives her life. When we re-meet and we talk about the week, she's quick to point out everything she didn't do. And it's like, sweetie, sweetie, focus on what you did do. And right now, the bane of her existence are these coconut ice pops, so made with coconut milk. So coconut's high in fat. It's healthy fat, but it's fat nonetheless, and she loves these things. So she talks about maybe I shouldn't eat them, but every time we meet, they come up. So I've decided she just needs to eat the coconut pups. Just don't worry about those right now. <laughs> You're clearly not going to change. So don't worry about it. Just put it aside and don't worry about it. Let's work on what we can worry about. And we can laugh and talk, but she acknowledges that it's the same old, same old. She just comes back around to herself. You know, we're three weeks into meeting and talking and, and she's definitely feeling better. And she's noticing that she's making better health choices around her food and that she's being as active as she can. She's got a chronic illness that really can limit her physical activity. So she's changing her mindset. She's shifting. And this is the positive thing. And I find for women in their 50s and 60s, your six-week bang it out, lose 20 pounds isn't going to last. First of all, it's not they're not healthy. What needs to happen at this point in our life is real lifestyle changes because the time ahead of us is far shorter than the time behind us. And so we have to acknowledge that we need to make small lasting changes that will provide big results. My little atomic habits mindset here. So that's one person I'm working with. I'm working with another woman, Lisa, and she's the same way. We have these wonderful conversations and I hear my voice coming out of her mouth all the time. I think it's why the universe connected us quite honestly. And oh, well, I should do this. And I know I should do this. And I was told to do this and I've done it a couple of times, but I really need to do it more. And, you know, so... So I provide the best sort of advice that I can. And really, both these women just need to make the small changes and stick with those small changes every single day and acknowledge the fact that if they do those small changes, the results will be big. It's hard. It's hard, especially when you look back. Both of these women have athletic pasts. And when you look at pictures of them 20 and 30 years ago, they're stunning. Here's the thing. They're still stunning. <laughs> it's just a different thing now. We're in our, you know, Lisa's 59 and Susan's, a couple of years older than me, 60 something. So anyway, all of this relates back to me. And, and when I listen to them talk, I hear me talking. When I listen to Gracie talk, I hear me talking. So I sort of look up in the sky like, okay, I see what I'm getting here now. 
I have this, always have this idea that if you pray for something, you'll just get it. So please, God, give me money. Well, God doesn't give you money, but I know when I pray for things, what I'm presented with again and again is the opportunity to get the things that I'm praying for, to work for them, right? So I need money. And so I get offered to coach CrossFit classes or things like this happen, right? So I remember once reading, I don't know what it was. I read like a passage in a book about patience and that we have this idea that if we pray for patience, God will just bestow patience upon us. So the next time we need it, we have it. No, what God will do is give us situations that require us to practice patience. <laughs> Screaming children, two-year-olds that don't listen. <sighs> Examples to practice patience so that we develop patience. So God doesn't just give us what we want. He gives us opportunities to develop what we want. And so if I can, if I can maintain this mindset, it doesn't even have to be God so much as the universe, then I feel that I'll have much more success at these small sort of day-to-day -day lifestyle choices. You know, these little 1% changes that can have 20% results. So that's where I am today. It's the goal setting. You know, it's the Molly B Foundation and all the things I want to happen there. It's, it's my house and I'm still sitting in my messy office. It's, you know, trying to just find the happiness the last piece that I'll talk about in regard to this is that is what I'm learning out of the Get Better Girl and the 75 Hearts. So I'm I'm at day like 52 now of this whole practice, the two-a-day exercising, the reading, the selfies, the drinking all the water, the avoiding alcohol, the picking a diet and staying with it, all of that. I'm 52 days in. And I have to be honest, the last like 10 days or so have been tedious. It's not interesting anymore. I'm starting to notice all the, this is stupid. And it isn't stupid because I want to drink or have an ice cream cone. One of the things is you have, if you start a book, you have to finish it. I'm in a book right now that is really, really difficult to read. The print is small. I use a magnifying glass, which is fine, but I, I'm not enjoying the book at all. And so I feel like it's just a waste of my time. I don't have a lot of time. I would much rather be reading a book that makes me happy, but that's not what I get, right? I'm stuck reading this book that's miserable. So what's the lesson here? That maybe the reading isn't about me. It's about some staying power I need to develop so that I'm better at the book, right? So I've just been really struggling with it. And then the other piece is, you know, I did this CrossFit competition last week. I, I blogged about it in this week's blog, which was now when you hear this, it'll be three weeks ago's blog. But my workouts have been taking walks and stretching. So I don't feel like I've worked out at all. And it's like, you know, all of it's just negative right now. And so I'm trying to sit in the negative and realize that just because it feels negative doesn't mean it is that like the failed audition, like running the five minute mile and then letting everything sort of go to hell in a handbasket. It's just an opportunity for growth, that there's something else. The message is different than the one I think it is and that it isn't all about alcohol and food for me. So that's that. I'm in this place now with 75 hard where I'm staying with it anyway. You know, why would I, why would I give up now? You know, a lot of people do, they get this far and they've had enough and, you know, 52 days isn't bad, but it's not 75. It's not what I signed up for. That's what that looks like for me. I'm in a bit of a struggle phase. My knees hurt a lot again. I think sitting in a small airplane isn't super helpful. I have a lot of physical issues that continue to plague me. There's also a lot I can continue to do about them. And I am much better off than I was 52 days ago. And I'm 11 pounds lighter. So there's that. So anyway, what are some goals that you set? I'm always, always interested in what's going on in the lives of my listeners and would really appreciate some feedback on that. I'd also really appreciate 
some guidelines on social media, go ahead and look at the website I have and look at the Molly B Foundation website. When I first started this whole journey, right after Jack was born, I didn't want my face on anything. And now that I've been on the side of a building, I realize that however I feel about my face, it's a good selling point for me. But I'm going to need to promote the book on the website and I'm going to need to make it just a bit more professional looking. It's been exactly what I've needed. It's just a process, but I'm ready for some changes. So if you would go check it out, I would love that. I would absolutely really love it. And, and I will take all, all manner of suggestions. Or if you have a website that you like, or you have a website, guide me to it so I can take a look at it and, and maybe glean some ideas from it. So I just want to thank you for listening. I always appreciate the listens. Make sure you're good to yourself. Be good to yourself. Even if it doesn't feel good. Like I know this whole journey I'm on with the Get Better Girl and 75 Hard is good for me. And by doing it, I'm being good to myself. <laughs> but the little voice in my head has a whole other list of things that <laughs> would be good for me. So anyway, be good to yourself. Be good to someone else. Do something kind for somebody. Pay it forward. Tell someone hello. Pay somebody's toll. Pay off a family school lunch bill. I don't know. And as always, in the words of one of my favorite people, Bill Habrick, have a good day, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening and for supporting the podcast. Feel free to leave a review and to share my stories with your friends. Please reach out with your own stories. I love connecting with my listeners. If you want to see what I'm up to next, you can find me on Instagram at Barb underscore 444, on Facebook as Barb Higgins, and at my website, a thousandtinysteps.com. And while you're there, sign up for my newsletter, a weekly way to find out what's up in the life of Barb Higgins.